listening to the Astral Hour. I'm your host, Astral Meadow. Join me as we take a glimpse into the mysterious. Welcome, everyone. Today, I'm joined with Winty Mata. She is a Bruja Corindera by lineage, an initiated shaman, as well as founder of Bruja Power Botanica. After a successful business career, Wendy retired to pursue her lifelong passion of promoting the healing arts of Mexico to others. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited yes. to be here. Yes, I'm so excited. We haven't had a lot of like the different cultures from around the world. So I love giving everyone a little bit of that variety. And you're such a wise woman to to bring us this knowledge. So oh, thank you. Yeah. You can ask whatever you want to ask about brujeria, witchcraft, shamanism, whatever you feel like you want to cover today, we can get to it. Okay, sounds good. So I'll start just by asking you to give us a little background on yourself and your spiritual journey. Um. Well, my uh, story is a little different than the story of a lot of people in a way that um, instead of really integrating spiritual practices later in life, I basically did it since I was born because I was born into a family of practitioners Mm -hmm. um, as well as of a lineage of practitioners. So it was kind of like given to me before I asked for it. So I almost was born to the responsibility of it. It's a big gift. It's beautiful. But with great power comes great responsibility that you like mm-hmm. Uncle Ben says, says in Spider-Man. <laughs> um, but um, I think that what it will be similar to others journey is that I started realizing that indeed I had some of the abilities that my family had. But at first, I wasn't very comfortable with it. Like maybe when I was a child, I was okay with it. And maybe as a teenager, because I didn't really think much of it but then starting college and then studying my jobs I felt more like I wanted to be normal and I know that this is a podcast and you guys cannot see the normal fingers you know the quotes (laughs) in my fingers because I don't want to be normal at all anymore but I had my process of wanting to be normal and denying my gifts and denying who I was and I went for the corporate world instead of staying as a full-time witch uh, which was great for my journey and I learned a lot but I was also denying who I was Um, and I think that a lot of us that are witches healers shamans psychics whatever you want to call yourself a lot of us go through that process of denying or gifts of denying or uniqueness or weirdness, if you want to call it that way, because it is different than everybody. Mm-hmm. And maybe now uh, our practices are more, more mainstream, but I'm 42 years old. So this is when I was in my twenties, 20 years ago, there was not the same level of information that anybody can access now with the internet that didn't exist yet. So I had to go through this process of denial and then the process of forgiving myself for denying my own gifts and my own powers and then accepting them and then finally coming out of the cocoon of, as full-time witch back in 2010. That's awesome. I love that it's something that you were raised in. So you were you stayed familiar with it with that. And then there's that return back to it. So I definitely had a similar thing where I was just always kind of weird having dreams and visions of but I grew up in the Bible Belt, so that was, you know, that's its own journey. But uh, I feel like when I started getting into astrology, when I realized I was Aquarius rising, I was like, well, 
I'm supposed to be different. Like I, it's literally in the stars. So I, I don't know. I feel like that helped me embrace my uniqueness a little bit more. So definitely the cosmic journey. I'm Aquarius rising too. So I absolutely understand. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> oh, so um, could you just briefly go into a little bit like what witchcraft is and how some people can work with that in a positive way? Absolutely. And I want to clarify that witchcraft is different for everybody. I don't think that there is a copy-paste practice. And one of the reasons of why I identify with uh, witchcraft slash brujeria, I call it brujeria because that's how we call it in Mexico, uh, sometimes more than with shamanism is because there's a little less expectations of what it's supposed to be and it's a little more free. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, uh, really is just recognizing that we have the ability to change our reality. And depending on what tradition we follow or what technique we follow, then that's the way that we choose as a tool to change our reality. So in the case of brujeria, we use a lot of candle work, a lot of oils, a lot of um, creating of petitions and burnings and baths. And that's our way of changing reality. But there's other traditions that dedicate their life to chanting, that dedicate their life to vortex hunting. There's all these things, right? So it is really just changing reality, tapping into that ability of changing reality, manipulating energy, Hopefully ethically, although not everybody does that, but manipulating and changing reality just for the greater good, but also for ourselves and for the benefit of our families, our communities, our businesses, or whatever, right? Whatever is a part of us. Uh, and with that change of reality, I think that it also comes for, for it comes the responsibility of also getting better. You cannot go deeper into changing your future without healing your past. Mm -hmm. You cannot go deeper into jumping timelines, right? If you want to go a little more advanced, if you want to be like doing some quantum jumpings, you don't want to be doing quantum jumpings if your insights are not stable, because mm -hmm. then that's just going to mess up your system because you're going to be managing really big energies, really big transformations in a short period of time. And you may not be ready because you're still maybe having rage or anger or fear or whatever other emotions you may be feeling. There's nothing wrong with feeling those emotions. The mm -hmm. issue is when you don't process them, when you don't analyze them, when you don't connect to them as your teacher, when you don't ask them, why are you here? Why are you here to teach me? And how can I heal you so that I can move on? So with witchcraft comes the responsibility of becoming better. It is not just, oh, I'm going to change reality because I want to change reality today. It is the asking of the question, why am I going through this? Why decisions did I take that took me to this? What wounds I ignore that I am now in this position or what kind of situations I got myself into or why I forgot my spiritual protection or all these questions that we should be asking ourselves. And I think that with that too, is it's it called shadow work by some, right? But it's also the questioning of, okay, I don't want to be the one that was yesterday. I don't want to be the one that I was a year ago. I am not even absolutely the one that I was 10 years ago. So what am I going to do? To be different. Go, what am I going to do to be the best version of myself? What am I going to do to raise my own frequency, my own vibration, and be in a higher state of consciousness so that I can be better for the world? Mm. So my long answer for your question really is, 
changing and manipulating reality with the use of magic, whatever tools you want to use for your magic, but also taking the responsibility of becoming better every single day so that we can vibrate in higher frequency and have a bigger impact in the world. Mm, that's a beautiful answer. I feel like sometimes people see like images of, you know, witches or witchcraft and they they're not even realizing the potential for evolution that comes with it. They're just thinking, oh, love spells or things like that, which is definitely a thing. But, you know, it really is like, a, you know, these tools help us evolve our souls, you know, and it, and it's a spiritual practice. It's not just, you know, teenagers playing with with Ouija boards. I, I feel like there's just maybe it's because of the television, like movies and stuff. There's this misconception around how we even use magic, you know, so... It's also a consequence of the minimization of our own power because a free soul, it's less manipulable, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody's free, if somebody's connected to their self-worth, to their power, if somebody knows that they can cast magic to change reality and make just the world a better place, Mm -hmm. then they will not take shit. Like You can't because you are in your place. You are in your power. And you know that if you need abundance, you can call abundance. You know, know if you need love, you can call love. If you need joy, you can call joy. Like you have Mm -hmm. this power to do that. Anybody is not just me because I I come from lineage. Anybody that is exploring their potential can attain these gifts. So uh, it's just the systemic denial of witches has put us in this position where we are almost ridiculized on the media and that has like nothing to do. Sometimes, you know, sometimes when people see uh, things that that when people I meet people, not not necessarily like my customers, but like when mm-hmm. I meet like a random person and they ask me what do I do, and then I say I'm a full time witch. It's really interesting that their first reaction first is like laugh, and then he's like scared, and then it's like oh you're an unokay, a person that is not educated a person that has never been successful like there's all these ideas right that mm-hmm. that come with who we are and it's not but I, I i have nothing to prove to anybody so i'm like yeah whatever right. if you want to think that go ahead it's fine <laughs> do you have people that come to you interested but are still working through some of the fear around it like is there something people can can do to work through the fear uh, through the fear of witches or through the fear of getting out of their own programming to become a witch? What <laughs> well, I- yeah, I guess they're out of their own programming. Like they're they're wanting to explore it, but then they're like in the back of their head, they're seeing some saint like, <laughs> uh, you know, and they're nervous about it, but they feel that call. Um, That's an interesting question uh, because <laughs> I've been seeing some conflict between my students, some of them. Uh, with that fear. I've mm-hmm. actually seen a trend lately about that fear and about how people feel guilty for leaving their previous practices, whatever that was, meditation, religion, whatever it was, right? Mm-hmm. Or feeling like they are betraying their family or they're betraying their community for adopting witchcraft. And what I have told the ones that wanted to have the conversation is, Witchcraft is actually very accepting. I have customers and students that are Catholic, that are Jews, that are uh, Christian, that are everything. Like we are very accepting of all systems and all deities and all 
um, levels of knowledge or problem is when somebody's wanting to make us believe in what they believe, right? That's when it's like, mm -hmm. no, thank you. That's my boundary. That's a no. Uh, yeah, but I've yeah. seen, yeah, I've seen some people that are going through that. And then I have also seen some people that start creating conflict within their life and chaos within their life because they are an untrained witch mm -hmm. and they don't really have the ability to control their thoughts and hence as a consequence control their manifestations so uh shit happens in their lives things mm -hmm. happen things get chaotic and then they start thinking oh it is because i am becoming a witch oh it is because i am dabbling in witchcraft oh it is because i'm talking to the elements right and it is not it is just because by saying yes to witchiness to magic to what we practice we start saying yes and then we start awakening some of the codes of magic that live within and then we start becoming more powerful and then we start becoming more able to manifest faster to create reality faster but because we are in a frequency of fear mm -hmm. then instead of manifesting the best possible reality we're manifesting the one that is coming from a place of shame that is coming from a place of fear that is coming from a place of struggle mm -hmm. so i tell people an untrained witch is a dangerous witch and you have to find a way of training your abilities. This doesn't mean, I don't agree with people that say that you have to be initiated to be a witch. I don't believe that. Mm -hmm. I believe that everybody's magical, but it's really up to us how deep we want to take it. Mm -hmm. But I do believe that we have the responsibility of being mindful of our reality, being training our abilities, training the monkey brain, training the inner voice, training our belief systems and questioning everything. Mm -hmm. I always tell people, you have to question everything. Don't believe me what I'm saying. Don't believe what anybody's saying. Question everything. Question every single thing that someone is telling you so that you can find your own truth. Maybe the person that is talking to you is thinking that they're telling you the truth because that's how they were raised. That's what they believe. That's what the, that's their own truth. But their own truth may be completely different than your own. So you have to question everything. And you have to question even yourself. You have mm -hmm. to question why you believe what you believe. You have to question your habits. You have to question your traumas. You have to question your stories. You have to question everything. That's that's kind of like the way that we grow. We grow by questioning, by being inquisitive about our belief systems. Yeah, and I've really found that when I ask questions in a sincere way, that the answers just sort of flow through. But if you're not asking the questions, then how are you going to get an answer? You know, um, what are some common myths around witchcraft that you have found? Because I, I see a lot, like I had this one girl just terrified of buying a tarot deck. I was like, if you want, I will buy you the deck. If you're really that scared of it, I will mail it to you and you can pay me back. But it seems like there is quite a few misconceptions around it. Definitely. I have a, a, a quick series in my Instagram that is called Myths About Magic. And it's 20 mm -hmm. mini videos that we made about some of those myths. And I think one of them is definitely the tarot deck. Somebody has to buy you the cards. You cannot mm -hmm. buy your own. Hey, if you want a set, go buy it. Why not? Plus, yeah. it is not the first time that we have been witches or healers or shamans or magical. We've been doing this for many lifetimes. <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. The other thing that I always see definitely is uh, we were talking about Metro Mercury retrograde, right? Like yeah. the era of Mercury retrograde before we started the call. Um, I, 
I believe that it does messes up stuff, but I also believe mm -hmm. that it shouldn't stop our lives. Uh, I also see things like nobody should talk your touch your crystals. It's okay, go wash them. It's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that one of the myths is, for example, you have to come from a lineage. You don't. You have mm -hmm. to have an initiation. No, you don't. You have to. I don't know. Go buy, pay a ten thousand dollars class in order to be magical. No, you don't. There's so many ways of accessing your own power and your own magic. It is great to have a system and a structure. I offer classes for that, but it doesn't mean that you need that. You can do your own process. Of course, if somebody's laying it down for you easily, why not? Mm -hmm. uh, but that's one of the other myths. I think another myth is. Uh, that witches are always dressed in black and <laughs> that we, I don't know, sleep with the devil and all these like funny things that people say. Uh, as well as what I was mentioning, believing that witches are broke, that witches are not abundant, that witches are not living an incredible life. I personally live an amazing life. And I think that the way that it should be is that every witch that I know should be abundant, should mm -hmm. be joyful, should be successful in whatever they choose to do in the world. I really love how your the the TikToks and so I think that's TikToks that I've seen of you. It's just so empowering. And I think when you take some of the myths out of it and you talk about, okay, these are fears that are basically just indoctrinated into us, you know, that aren't necessarily true. We work through the fear and we have all this power within us. I really love how you're just always encouraging people and saying, no, you have it. You have it. Like you might be able to work with it in a different way, but you've already got the magic. And I just feel like that's so beautiful. And people just need to hear that, you know, to tap into it. Yeah, um, sometimes we forget, right? It's it's really sad, but it is what happens. We forget as humans. And, and I think one of the reasons why we do that is because sometimes we have to deny ourselves so much. Uh, maybe we're not feeling well, but we have to go to work because we have no other choice because we have to pay our bills. Or mm -hmm. we're feeling like we really need to take a nap, but we have children and we can't take a nap because we have to keep an eye on our children. Or uh, we are told what to do and when to do it. And even if we don't agree, we want to try to avoid conflict, we just go with it. And we keep shutting up the boys, the, the positive boys that says you're powerful, you're magical, you can change your reality. We do that to ourselves. Uh, so I made it my mission in life to remind people that they're magic. Yes, I love that. We need we need more people like you out there, like cheerleading us on. <laughs> um, could you explain some of the basics pertaining to moon magic and what are some ways that we can work with the moon? Absolutely. So um I will say that if somebody is starting the journey of moon magic, because it can be a really deep journey, just like anything else. Uh, you should focus only on the new moon and the full moon. And then after that, you can go layer by layer and all the other phases. But you can at least start working with the new moon and the full moon. There are a few main energies that are associated with the new moon and the full moon. The new moon, as the word new, is associated with new beginnings, is associated with starting something, is associated with planting seeds, it's associating with communication, with spreading the word. If there is something that you want to make happen, do it during the new moon. Mm -hmm. uh, if there is something that you want to cut, if there is something that you want to end, if there is something that you want to protect, if there is something that you want to activate in a deeper level, 
perhaps a project that you already have running. So it's not like you're starting it, but you want to make it more efficient. You want to remove obstacles. You want to create the energies necessary to make it successful. Then do that on the full moon. So mm -hmm. keep the new moon for new beginnings and a little bit of self-care and more softer energies. And then activations, protections, even endings, cutting, do that on the full moon. Although sometimes I get the question of, hey, Wendy, I have this urgent thing that I need to do, but the new moon is in one week and a half. Should I wait? And I always tell people, no, don't wait. If you need change and you need you need it now, do it. Yes, the moon is going to come in a week and a half, but you still have your own power. You still have your own ability to change reality. Plus, if you are a little more advanced in magic, then you know that you can go in the calendar, in the timeline, and tap that moon and ask that moon, hey, I know that you're coming in a week and a half, but can you give me a little bit of your magic because I need it now? And the moon is so giving and so loving. And the more you work with her, the more she helps. So she's absolutely going to give you some of the coats of energy that you're going to need to your spells so you don't have to wait. Wow, that's awesome. I, I honestly hadn't thought about going into, the, you know, going ahead a little bit and working with her that way. That's really cool. So you, you said it uh, briefly talked about cord cutting. I have had a lot of people talk to me and they're scared to cord cut because they're scared that it's going to hurt the other person. Have you dealt with people with the same fear? And do you have any advice on that? Um, yes, I think first of all, I think that a lot of the cord cutting that happens is cord cutting that is uneducated cord cutting. Uh, not a lot of people take the due diligence to understand how it really works at an energetic level, uh, which is going to be more of a healer, shaman style of profile than witchcraft sometimes. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that witches cannot tap into it. They absolutely can. We all can. Uh, but I'm saying that sometimes it's a separated variety of practice. And what happens with core cutting is that if you are doing a um, untrained core cutting, you may run into the possibility of hurting someone or hurting yourself because you may be cutting the, the cord and leaving an energetic hole and then keep mm -hmm. draining yourself. But right. the, the steps, the basic steps of core cutting are cutting the cord, analyzing where the cord is, right? Cutting the cord. And then inserting healing energy so that that area can start healing and start replenishing and start transmuting whatever damage was done and mm -hmm. then healing, sealing the space. So you're mm -hmm. cutting, you're healing, and then you're sealing the space. So if you're going to be doing car cutting and you simply want to stop the drainage, somebody that is attached to you and is absorbing your light, absorbing your energy, all you, all you have to do is just cutting and the other person is not going to get affected. There is not going to be a negative circumstance to them, although they will stop the feeding. So right. I think that you may see that if that person is really having a buffet from your energy, you're going to see their life getting hurt. But it's not because your car cutting, it's on purpose affecting them, but it's mm -hmm. because you stop being the supply. Right, right. So they're drained because they're not... Yeah, they're not eating eating you anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is gross. <laughs> yeah. Do you find that people do this pretty regularly or is there just a couple people throughout their journey where they have to do it here or there, but not like a, a monthly thing? Well, I cork cuts every day. Okay. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I just go on release whatever I'm carrying. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, I I am very blessed that I deal with thousands of people a month. We have really big events all the time. We have a membership. We have workshops. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of energies. And right. my role to support someone is to create a sacred space for them to uh, to benefit from their own growth and their own energy. But some of these people, because they may be um, depleted, they may grasp from whatever they can. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's me. So I'm like, nope, bye, bye, bye. You don't have the right to my energy. So I disconnect every single day. I disconnect. And then probably every month or every three months, I go a deeper healing session just to be sure that my channels are clean, that my chakras are aligned, that I'm not carrying any spiritual parasites. Although my experience is different because I do deal with thousands of people. There may be some people that they don't necessarily need to go that deep, uh, but you will know depending on the circumstances. I will say that people that are nurses, that are doctors, that are cops, that are dealing with a lot of people that are in government, people that are healers, shamans, witches, astrologers, psychics, lawyers, um, real estate agents, you know, all these people mm-hmm. that deals with a lot of energies, I will say that they're very, they should be very diligent about cutting. And it can be as simple as saying... I free any energies and attachments that I may be carrying today. And I Mm -hmm. seal my energy to be a flow and light. Thank you. You know, it's a really simple chanting. It doesn't have to be super detailed as a maybe spiritual surgery. It doesn't have to be like that. It can be, it can be easy. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I noticed I was starting to do astrology readings and I was like having a hard time once the reading was over, like I was still like their chart would light up in my head and I'm like, okay, okay, I'm going to have to do something because I don't need to think about this person forever. But it's such an intimate thing that I was having a hard time. So any crystals I worked with, I was clearing because I was, I think all the things in the room are like absorbing some of it. So I started just doing whatever I could, rose water and just saying, okay, I'm done. I'm done with the reading. I have to move on. But it it kind of crept up on me. I didn't realize that I was taking on some of their stuff. So, yeah, and sometimes it's unconscious. It doesn't necessarily mean that people want to hurt us, but maybe right. some of those people never had the opportunity to talk to someone that had as much light as we have, right? Mm-hmm. Or that has been working on their auric fields and their, and their magic. So sometimes it's unconscious. It's not necessarily conscious. Right. There's also the attachments that we get from spiritual parasites. And spiritual parasites are not necessarily on purpose attacking us. They're simply entities, little bogs that attach to whatever they can. Mm-hmm. So it is not personal. And then sometimes they come to our field and that usually happens. We have a substance abuse problem. If we have a, have a lot of fragmentation or fractures in our auric field, if we are going through things that are really strong that may be considered trauma, even that they're not trauma or PTSD or things like that, uh, they usually crack our auric field and then just this box come and like, oh, I'm just going to sit down here and feast. Which is why in Brujeria, we recommend a lot spiritual baths so mm-hmm. that occasionally, I think usually we, we say full moon, but again, like whatever works for people, sometimes we have to be very practical. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a bath, basil, rue, 
uh, lemongrass, rosemary, or agri-money, hyssop, all those herbs have the property of cleansing. So just take a bath, dump it on the water, put something on your pipe so that you don't clog the situation there, and then just yeah. like soak up on it. Add some salt. Awesome. So for what you were saying about um, doing uh, charts for people and being uh, having attachments, uh, can I share something with you that may help? Yeah, please. So in shamanism, we have something called the positional power or the place of power or sitting on power. And sitting on power is basically creating mini vortexes within your space that you are activating that those places know that that's where you're doing your magic. And those places are also activated and a program knowing that when you leave that place, you stop the connection and the core is being cut. For example, I do my work in this chair. This chair has a lot of protection on the back. It has uh, crystals on the bottom. It has symbols. It has all sorts of things. My body already knows that when I'm here, I'm doing my work and I may be energetically exposed. So the chair has to function also as my system of protection. Mm -hmm. And the chair also knows that when I'm walking away from the chair, we're cutting that. Sometimes I have to tell my chair, hey, I got to go to the bathroom. I'll be back. (laughs) But like, (laughs) pause. But uh, but it's like a way of sitting on power. And sitting on power, too, means that we are sitting, that we're grounded, that we have a quarter of energy going from our root chakra all the way to the center of the earth, and then bring a, a core from the earth through our body, through our crown chakra, all the way to the source. So we are in this complete alignment. So we are replenishing our energy fully and completely. So if we're having a conversation or if we are serving someone with our with our skills, with our gifts, we are not giving our energy away. We are just simply being a channel, right? And then the other thing is like when you create that, uh, that court of light, you can imagine that you're expanding it from your main meridian all the way out of your body. So it's like a cylinder and then you're sitting in that cylinder and that cylinder is your your power position in a way. Is mm. your is your place of magic, is your place of power. So you live that cylinder and that disconnects and ends. Okay, that's really good advice. <laughs> I'll definitely be using that. It's interesting when you, you talk about your chair as if it has its own life force. I've been really taking care of my house and I I talk to my house sometimes like like that it can hear me because it's my safe haven it's like it protects me I love it I you know I was like washing it the other day making it look all pretty and I do feel like these objects or or house like over time when we work with them they have this life energy to them yes everything is alive Mm -hmm. and everything is alive is great and everything is alive and is annoying (laughs) Because I love like my plants are talking to me and I love it and I love hearing them and I love them telling me I want water. But it's also very annoying because if five of them are talking at once and I'm in a hurry and I have to hear five plants plus my children, plus my husband, plus my customers, it just stays very overwhelming. The mm-hmm. other day I uh, uh, I bought some plants for inside the house and these plants didn't like the 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 stand where I put her at. She was saying that the stand was too short and I haven't had the chance to go to the store to buy a new stand. So every time that I'm going downstairs uh, and I pass through the stairs where the plant is, she's like, hey, I'm still waiting for my stand. Where's my stand? Add the stand to the emotional labor list that you have in your brain. Yes. (laughs) 
I definitely feel a connection to plants too, like that, where I'm just, especially my pea silly, that thing is all the time. It's very needy. It, I feel like it communicates for all the other plants too. Somehow it's just the first one to complain. But, uh, I used to think, oh, I don't have a green thumb. I don't really, you know, know much about plants. And then I started surrounding myself with them and I realized, oh, well, they let you know what they need actually. <laughs> let you know. <laughs> like I want this, you know, special elixir in my soil today. So, um, so we've talked a little bit about like cleansing and things like that. What are some ways that you have found to be helpful in regards to protecting ourselves spiritually? Spiritual protection is one of my favorite topics. I believe that when it comes to magic and life in general, Probably we apply the Pareto rule and 80% of our problems comes from protection and the other 20 is something else. Why? Because protection implies that we are in our power. Protection implies that we are creating fields of protection, fields of energy to sustain our energy. We're talking about position of power and expanding or um, meridian, right? Uh, protection also includes boundaries and it's not just energetic boundaries, but it's also vocalized boundaries. And especially when it comes to, to, to women and minorities and any other uh, communities that are racially profiled or abused or minimize because of the way that they look or how they are, or how they act or what they have chose or who have they have, they have chose to love. We shut down so much that we stop saying no and we stop creating boundaries, vocalized boundaries. And because we stop creating vocalized boundaries and we allow people to step on us, we allow people to not protect, to not respect our boundaries. If I'm telling people, please don't, to, uh, call me on my phone because I'm teaching all day and then people calls me I'm like oh you're violating my boundary I told you not to call me mm -hmm. or things like that right whatever it is then boundaries are also very connected to protection so I think that protection is just a wise teacher because it tells you hey you have to be in your power hey you have to accept your self-worth hey you have to uh say no when you have to say no say yes when you have to say yes hey you have to communicate what you need so really, it starts with that. It starts with the boundaries. Give yourself permission to identify which ones are your boundaries mm -hmm. and then go for it. And it's going to piss off some people. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we're just always going to piss off people one way or another. <laughs> so you may as well just do the things that are going to be good for you. Because if you're taking care of yourself, then you can take care of the people that you love. You can take care of 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 your community. You can you can take care of your customers. You can take care of everybody that that you serve. And uh, I also think that protection it's a good teacher because it reminds us that there are so many allies to protect us. They mm -hmm. remind us that we are not alone. They remind us that there are deities that we can work with if we want. There are. Uh, herbs crystals botanicals that are there to help us it remind us that there's other versions of ourselves there also to come up and help us they remind protection reminds us that we also have uh, an ancestral help that we have ancestors in our lineage that may come and show up to help us that we have mentors energetic 
whatever you believe in, angels, archangels, whatever you believe in, because everybody believes in different things. But you have all these ability to call all, all those guardians and protectors. Mm-hmm. So the other thing be- besides setting up proper boundaries, identifying what are your boundaries and then setting up. The other thing too is don't forget that you're that you that, that you're not alone. Don't mm-hmm. forget that you have this big group of allies to help you. And mm-hmm. when you call them, they're gonna come. They will come. Yeah. I've yeah. never yeah. once in my 42 years of life and I have I have been teaching at least full time since 2010. So it was like 2023 now, 13 years uh, as a witch. And then before that, I was teaching shamanism. So I've been teaching for like 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I've never once heard a person say to me, I call for help and nobody came. Right. Never. Yeah, we have so much assistance. And I think when I started being a Kashuk record reader, that's when I was oh. like, holy wow like and it's like every single question i mean i could ask 10 questions that day and there could be 10 different energies come through to answer you know it's just like whatever the vibrational match is and it's just amazing you know like some of it is our ancestors but some of these energies are people i've never heard of and then i'll go google and it'll be some person in history you know like one day it was like lebnitz who was some like he invented pre-calculus or something and for whatever reason that day they said that i had had a past life where he was one of my friends and but it was like something about him teaching monology or monadology was going to be relevant for me in the future and i was like this is really random but it just made me realize like, yes, there is always guidance and our past lives are very much sort of like streaming into the present. So just because we were friends with someone yeah. hundreds of years ago, like we still have this link to them, which is yeah. super, it's yeah, cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can always just ask, I want support from whatever guides are there, but I want to connect into the higher versions of themselves, mm-hmm. the ones that are healed, the ones that are whole, the, the ones that are in light. Uh, just so that we are getting the better versions and other ragey, right, I'm ready right. to destroy the world version. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. And then just talking about boundaries, I feel like, you know, mental health is becoming more of a thing that people are talking about. Even people that aren't, you know, in the spiritual community, they're talking about boundaries. And I, I feel like that this is a good thing. This is starting to come up. But, you know, me and my husband were thinking the other day, we're like, it's so weird how these people just stopped talking to us it's almost like they just disappeared out of our life not like there was no conflict they just disappeared but I think as we started putting boundaries down they just it's like that is that's the protection the boundaries protecting you so if you start evolving and changing and saying okay I no longer resonate with this it's almost like they can't access you but we didn't even realize it you know until one day we were like whatever happened to those like 30 people you know yes Absolutely. You're creating just the energetic boundary. Mm-hmm. One way or another. Even simply choosing who's worth your time and your energy, giving mm-hmm. yourself permission to that, that already creates just a strong boundary that not everything is going to try to attach. And of course, there are some people that manipulate and lies and blah, blah, blah. But that's they just occasionally come. I like to believe that most of the world is nice unless they prove the opposite. <laughs> right. I feel like I get these like intuitive hunches. If a person's not nice, I almost like immediately know. Sometimes I'll try to be like, well, maybe it's just my mood today or or maybe I'm projecting. But like 99% of the time, if I get a weird vibe from someone when I meet them, 
that's telling me a lot about them. So, right, right. And we should always listen to to that level of intuition. You were saying that you do uh, caching records. I don't know if this is something that you're doing already, but if not, um, I will say that also be sure that you're recalling back all the pieces of yourself when you are facilitating the caching records because sometimes mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a frequency that lives because it's jumping between worlds right yeah. and if we don't consciously bring back all of ourselves, then we may be bringing somebody's records back but then we may be leaving some uh, yeah. of our yeah. pieces somewhere else right okay that's good advice <laughs> um let's talk a little bit about holistic healing um what it is and what are some ways that this style of healing can support us um that is such as a subjective modality, because I think that holistic healing can really be the boundaries just by saying no or saying yes to something you're already healing. But mm -hmm. it is what it will not be considered conventional medicine. So anything that is not considered conventional medicine will be holistic healing, but it, it encompasses so much. Mm -hmm. Um I believe that when we practice things like shamanism, like uh for the people that practice Reiki or curanderismo, which is one of the healing arts of Mexico or any of the other modalities, prana healing. I love using prana healing. Any of the modalities that exist out there, we are giving ourselves permission that balance ourselves energetically. Mm -hmm. And when we balance ourselves energetically, then we start healing at an emotional level. And when we heal at an emotional level, then we change the chemistry of our body. And when we change the chemistry of our body, then we are feeling better. We're more healthy. So it is this process of recognizing if you have any energetic imbalances, healing those imbalances in whatever way works for you, and then giving yourself permission to allow your body to heal you. Of mm -hmm. course, there are circumstances of required doctors. I fully believe in science. I think that there's a reason why everything exists and that we're very lucky to be in a time where we can access medical care. But mm -hmm. I also believe that some things are not necessarily sickness. Some of them may be emotional, may be spiritual, may be um, auric level or chakra level or any other of the points of energy of the body level. Yeah. For sure. I've definitely noticed on days where I'm feeling a little like depressed or I'm having, you know, something emotional has happened. I'll actually over the course of that day, physically start feeling ill as well. Like it'll, it starts off as like, wow, that, that really sucks. And then it's like, it starts setting in and then I'm like, okay, now I'm nauseous or I'm dizzy, you know? And so, yeah, it manifests physically, but I feel like if it starts from an emotional level, like it takes going back to that root of, Okay, where did this start to begin with? You know? Yes, where did it start and what is trying to teach me? Because that's the other thing. If we don't ask things, what are they trying to teach us? Then they're gonna come back. And I I believe for what I the way that I've seen my life, this is my story, right? But if a teacher comes and he talks to you smoothly, but you don't listen, then the next time is gonna come a little louder. But if you don't listen, then it's going to come screaming. And then if you don't listen, it's going to come like a frying pan that is going to hit you on the head and leave you in the floor, like right. puking in pain. So it is better to ask, <laughs> what are you trying to teach me so that I learned the lesson so that we can move on and you can go away forever? Right, right, <laughs> for sure, for sure. Could you share a little bit about Mayan shamanism and ways that you work with this wisdom? 
Yes, I did my initiations in 2010 in uh, Chichen Itza and Uxmal. Although I come from a family of healers and practi practi practitioners of shamanism, I uh, was called to the specific practice of the Maya because one of my teachers was initiated in Mayan shamanism. So she yeah. took me to one of her teachers and I did some of the studies. Uh, in reality, it's very similar to any other practices. The thing is, all the practices have a lot of similitude. Whether it's shamanism, where is witchcraft, where is curanderismo, uh, whether it is whatever other healing modality. Uh, then there are certain aspects of it that are the technique, that are the system. But in reality, a lot of the things are very similar. You connect to the source, whatever you call source. You connect to the earth, whatever you call earth. And then you evaluate the balancing in your body and you heal your body and your emotions. Mm -hmm. Something that I really like from the Mayan practices is Mayan astrology. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not very uh, mainstream. And there is a particular part of Mayan astrology that I love, which is the recognition of your own elemental. When you run a Mayan chart, uh, the Mayan chart tells you a lot of things. But one of the things that it tells you is the elemental that was connected to you on the day that you were born. Uh, classical astrology has something similar. Each symbol, each, each, each zodiac sign has an element, right? Mm -hmm. But in Mayan astrology, the element also somehow determines which ones are your superpowers, which ones are your life missions, which ones are your life purpose, which one is... Uh, the codes of information that you agreed to before you came to the planet. So I really like that part because I help a lot of people to guide them to recognize their own power. I believe that we are not copy-paste, everybody's different, uh, but some guidance into exploring, exploring our own power helps. So I like running people's charts and determining their elemental and then telling them, okay, based on this elemental, these are your allies. These are the deities connected to it. These are the herbs and the scents and the sounds and the everything, the vibrations, the frequencies, so that people can have a good star point, starting point when they're doing their practices. Uh, and then, of course, we go deeper and say, okay, from this list of 10, which one is talking to you? And then work with those two instead of trying to love 10 different herbs maybe start with one or two uh, and then the other thing that i like about the elemental magic aspect of mayan shamanism is that uh in these elements we also have a system for seasons there is a season assigned to each of the elements and then each season is specific for different things for example right now we are uh, and the spring and spring is air, which is associated with communication. It's kind of like mercurial, right? Associated with communication, associated with moving things, with the flow of air. Uh, we are about to start the summer, which is associated with pleasure. It's associated with the spirit of fire. It's associated with your connection with spirit. It's associated with your inner fire. It's associated with your inner light. And then we have the the fall, which is earth. And then we have the winter, which is water and is the emotional system. So I really like encouraging people to determine which elemental they are and then determine which one is their season so that they can plan a life according to cycles. They can identify which one is their season and when, then which one is the season for mental healing, which one is the season for body healing, which one is the season for abundance, Creating all these layers of using the systems so that we can create a reality that is very 
um, very profound and very deep. Um, and then lastly, one of the aspects that I really love about the tradition that I study with, because there's many traditions within within Mayan shamanism, but it's the, the message that the Maya come directly from Atlantis and that it was just simply people that migrated uh, to the Yucatan area and to Guatemala and to all that area and had all this wisdom and all this knowledge uh, to be a very successful civilization. So uh, I think that that's also one of my favorite aspects is so ancient it goes beyond anybody and, it, and even if it's it wasn't just like the atlantean connection to it but also the raw old energy of the earth it carries a lot of that and it encourages you to reclaim your power to reclaim your magic to rebuild your systems and to be one with the earth I am one with the universe. The universe is one with me and I am one with humanity. One of the main principles is we are one with everything. So we want to respect everything, be kind to everything, love everything, heal everything. Because if we heal ourselves, we're healing the world and there's no separation. So when you're doing like Mayan astrology, is it still in a wheel or is it, does it look different? Like the chart look different or... I haven't dabbled too much. I started following this guy that does it. And I'm like, this, you know, I, I haven't been able to ground it yet because it's like these stepping stones when you're doing astrology, there's all these different styles, but uh, yeah. And in astrology itself, even classical astrology is so complicated. <laughs> I know. I read this oh, book sorry. the other day. I read this book the other day on something and he kept saying, obviously like talking about all these astrological things i'm like there's nothing obvious about astrology unless you're like already rooted in the terminology <laughs> right it's also not very intuitive it's also very on point too though like i've i started studying classical astrology a year ago with the central astrological studies in london and they are very hardcore very like this is this is the way that sounds very Mandalorian, but like they're very like hardcore <laughs> on the concepts. And I'm like, woo, this is going to take way longer than I thought yeah. <laughs> to learn <laughs> because it's not intuitive to me. But mm -hmm. it's also like a lot of the things that I've read in classical astrology are also very on point. So uh, it is a wheel. There is something called a kin, which is basically the the, the family or like the, the symbol of your day. And then from there, there is a glyph that also determines your soul group. And then you also get to determine your reincarnation level. Uh, but there is also a lot of sites that can give you a... Uh, like a basic chart to at least de determine some of the basics. So there's some, a lot of that. So people don't necessarily have to spend 10 years trying to understand something that is complicated. They just have to understand a little bit of the basics. Uh, I actually host a um, free, uh, we call it broom camp. Uh, and it's basically a series of five days of training. And one of the free trainings that I do in broom camp is, understanding your elemental for self-care so we determine which one is your elemental on the mayan tradition and then how you can incorporate it for example um i am fire so i know that if i need to replenish my my energy i need to drink cinnamon i need to drink ginger i need to go get into a sauna or i need to get warm like i know that that's the way that i replenish if somebody was 
water. Maybe they will be taking a bath. They will be drinking water. They will be uh, walking into a body of water. Or they will go dance into the rain. Mm -hmm. Or if somebody was air, maybe they will go and be on the top of the mountain and just feel the air, work with feathers, work with drums, work with seashells. Or if somebody was earth, they may want to go and walk in a cave safely, please. Uh, a cave that is open to all and is safe. Uh <laughs> they may want to be barefoot and just touch the earth with their feet, or they may want to be doing a crystal grit, right? So there's all these practices that we can incorporate into our lives that are based on our elemental. So it doesn't have to be that complicated. You just have to know what is your element and then see, okay, if this type of astrology is not resonating, maybe I just can go with my zodiac sign and then just go with that element and incorporate the elements. The, the, the meaning of the element will be the same. Just the type of calculation that you're doing, is will it will be what you defer. Right. Well, I'm definitely going to have to hit you up for a reading for that because that sounds oh, I would love, I would love to. Yeah, I would love to read your chart. Yeah, so... Um, could you share if you're, are you, do you have any workshops going on right now or in the future that people could um, sign up for? Absolutely. I actually have a call, a class, a call, a call. Yes. From the universe is a call, but no, that's not what I mean. I mean, a class. I have a class coming for, it's called Elemental Harmony. Mm -hmm. And it is a series of four live workshops plus a private group and a portal with a lot of classes. The classes are live and then there's also some pre-recorded resources where we are going to be talking about how to access the energy of the elements. We're going to do energetic activations each week to touch into the energy of the element. Then we are also going to talk about how do we do rituals for each of the seasons, for each of the elements, and which ones are the correspondences, the energies, the mar the vortexes, the sigils. So it goes from like some of the basic level of energy uh, of magic, but also it touched a lot in a deeper mm -hmm. uh, level. So I teach people how to run their own chart. And then I teach them, okay, how are you going to actually apply this in your life and how you're going to create a better life based on your elements? So I have Elemental Harmony starting on June 20th and it's going to run for four weeks. Although I was thinking that I'm probably going to add a free bonus class onto it because I have been getting a lot of intermediate and advanced students. So I want to be sure that we also have a space to ask the deeper questions instead of some of the uh, less advanced level. Although that's kind of like subjective because what I think is advanced may be beginners for somebody else who knows right like it's so super subjective so I may be thinking that I may add an additional call just to have the conversations of what are the things that you want to talk about that uh you may want to implement elemental magic so it's called elemental harmony um I'm looking forward to that class I was having a lot of intuitive calls for it for quite a while and it's not that I wasn't listening, but I was telling the elements, can you please wait? Because I have a lot going on right now and I just can't do this. But they just kept being louder and louder. Mm -hmm. So I say yes. And I am doing the class in June. Uh, right now, um, next week, starting next week, I have a summit. It's called the Sacred Space Summit, where we have 14 speakers that are going to be talking 
on topics on how to create a safe space, how to create protection for your space, for your mind, for your soul, for your body. Um, somebody's going to be talking about how to create a safe space when doing um, journeying and how to, I, I'm going to do a class there about how to use the elements for creating a sacred space. But that, that is uh, May 22nd to May 26th for the ones that are listening to this. I know that you will listen to this after. So I'm sorry that you missed it. It was wonderful. I don't know, but I'm I'm just speaking from the future. It was amazing. <laughs> you have no idea what you missed. Uh, mm. Yeah, but we have that. And then um, I do have another summit coming, which is going to be the first week of November. And this is going to be specific to ancestral magic. I don't have all the details yet, but it will be on my website at some point. Okay. That sounds awesome. I love all this work that you're doing. It is just so well magical. <laughs> so do you uh, make any like medicinal things that you sell or like candles or anything like that for people to purchase? I used to, honestly, I don't even remember when was the last time that I did. And that is because we have been so busy with classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I run a membership it's called Mujer Luna International Coven. And it's really not a coven. It's more of a circle. But the people inside of the membership started calling it coven. I was like, okay, that's what we're going to call it. But I uh, have over 100 members for around the world. And I have to coordinate the classes and the schedule and the the things that people are learning. One of the things that I do within this, the community is that I invite teachers uh, from around the world to come so twice a month we have a class so that's been uh keeping us pretty busy mm-hmm. um, I also run the summits and I run run the broom cams and some other classes like I've run a twice a year I run a class called society of wealthy witches where I teach witches to heal their money wounds and accept abundance mm-hmm. we just ended our last round and it was amazing people had like amazing transformations so all that keeps us keeps me very busy so I I, to answer your question, I used to do a lot of candles. I started my full-time witchiness with the botanica, with candles, with oils, with baths. But now I don't really do a lot of it. I, um, I'm i mostly uh, focusing my time on reminding people of their magic. Yeah, and teaching them so now they can go do it themselves because you're providing all these opportunities for them to learn. And then that's where we're like, okay, well, we have the power, you know, so that's yeah. beautiful. I love that. So um, what's the best way for our listeners to follow you, support your work, or sign up for any future workshops? Uh, you can follow us in uh, TikTok at Bruja Power Botanica. Uh, you can follow us in Instagram at Bruja Power, or you can find us in the website Bruja.us, which is B-R-U-J-A.us. And we are, we have an additional website, which is witch.institute, just because a lot of people cannot pronounce Bruja. So we just decided <laughs> to find another domain. And what it's going to do is that it's going to uh, link into Bruja.us. So it's going to be the same, but it's going to be witch.institute. That's in the making and that's going to come mid-June. Um, but that will be easy because that's just witch.institute. That's an easy to remember. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I loved this. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. And just have a wonderful day. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you all for tuning in. Check us out next time on the Astro Hour. 